0: Is most of his life he had something that he could have complained about. But he didn't. He found the, the good in it, he found the positive in it. Instead of fussing about a problem, he fixed the problem. That was something that I could always uh, I could always admire about him. Is <laughs> that he never really fussed, griped, or complained about issues, about things that, that that things that could get in our way of our joy and happiness and, and being able to celebrate. This past week of Bible school, we had a divider that smelled like some kind of orange. Definitely wasn't a normal orange, but it was some kind of orange. We had kids combined in the classrooms. The first night, we had a really toasty room in the back for the little kids. It got very, very hot. Uh, my shoes still have not dried from as wet as we got on Wednesday, hence the, the Sperry's. They're still wet. And And in all of that, uh, I think the kids were able to learn a little bit about God. I know the adults were able to learn a little bit about God because I did. Uh, able to appreciate just a little bit more of the situation that we find ourselves in and how great of a God that we serve to allow Him uh, to allow us to, uh, to be blessed in the way that we did this past week. Extremely thankful for it. Thankful for all those who helped. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 29 book of jeremiah chapter number 29 and keep your bibles open we're going to do a little bit of flip-flopping back and forth i've been studying this week a, a message for father's day kind of about fathers and, uh, god wouldn't let me go that direction this morning so uh, i'm not entirely sure what a metaphor is technically but uh but god kind of led me a different direction this morning and and we're going to pick up and Jeremiah chapter number 29, verse number 11. Jeremiah chapter number 29, verse number 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you and expect it in, That you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me. And we shall search for me with all of your heart. Jeremiah was alive and and was a prophet during a very (laughs) difficult time. And this was a letter that that he had written. And he's trying to encourage the people. And I think today through my whole life as loving as my mother was and, and when something was was hurting or aching or whenever I was throwing up during the middle of the night it was never daddy that got out of bed not in our time ever ever it didn't happen it was Mom. it was always Mom. she held the bedpan she scrubbed the bathtub after I threw up in it she, she took care of us she, she, she put peroxide on us and, and then dried our tears whenever we cried because peroxide burned she's the one who held us down to pinch blackheads out of our face because it was good for us and then we learned how to use soap. She was always the one that, that doctored us. But all my life Daddy was the one that always reassured us. We knew that, that whenever he was around that things were always okay and, and most every father figure that I've known in my life was that way, including our Heavenly Father. And, and I don't normally put a title on the, the messages that God sends me, but today in, Uh, I couldn't help but last night I was trying to to put up potatoes that we'd been given. I I cut a piece of my fingernail off peeling potatoes. And the whole time I'm I'm sitting there peeling potatoes, I'm I'm thinking about what God led me to preach this morning. And and people are like potatoes. That's my metaphor. People are like potatoes. And I know it's tough and it's awful and we don't want to be a potato. But we all have a decision to make of, of what type of potato we're going to be. And the first point I want to make is that that we must be planted in order to grow. If you take a potato and you lay it out on a concrete slab, is that potato going to grow? It's not going to happen. It may sprout, but it's not going to grow. In order to grow, we must be planted. And one thing that God assures us is that he knows the thoughts that he thinks toward us. He said, you shall seek me and you shall find me when you search for me with all of your heart. God plants us. God takes care of us. God waters us. And God sees it all God knows it all God puts us exactly where he wants us whether we want to be there or not God sends our direction tragedy whether we want it or not but he says it's good for us God sees the inside not just the peeling God sees what's underneath the eye God sees what's underneath the, the shell God sees whether it's you ever left your potatoes in the ground too long and they just turned to mush God sees it all he sees everything He has promised over and over again in the Bible to take care of us regardless. I'm going to read verse number 11 one more time. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Whenever God planted us, whenever God puts us here, whenever God puts us in a situation, in a place, it is not because He means harm on us. It is not because he, he, He wants to see how much we can take before we break. It's not because he wants to destroy us. He, he wants us to live for him. He wants us, uh, for us, a life of peace and not of evil to give us an expected end. He said, Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. God's going to take care of us. God's going to lead us. God's going to guide us. First Samuel, <coughs> chapter number 16. I told you we're going to do quite a bit of flip flopping today. First Samuel, chapter number 16. come in second Samuel first Samuel chapter number 16 verse number seven the Lord said unto Samuel look not on his countenance Samuel was about to Samuel was about to anoint David and he looked at David and he said, there, there ain't much here. He, he said, there's not much going on. He, he's small. He, he's, he's ruddy. He's, he's not kingly material. Verse number 7, The Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Samuel went through all these sons of Jesse, and the Lord said, No. He went through, the, and I can imagine, as, as most people can, you, you always got one kid that's a little bit different than the others, bigger, stronger, the, the leader, natural-born leader. And, and Samuel was looking at him and said, God, this has got to be him. The Lord said, no. He got to another one. God said, no. Went on down. God said, no. Not going to happen. No, no, no. And he got down to David. God said yes. But the point I want to make is that God God sees the inside. Whenever I look at someone, whenever you look at me, you see the outside. You look at everything that I can dress myself up to be. And I can dress myself up. My wife picked out my shirt, but I did everything else. I can dress myself up. But God sees what matters. God sees the inside. God sees what we can't cover up. Men see the outside, but God sees the inside. As I was cutting potatoes yesterday, you come across some that would be the prettiest. I had one, no, no kidding, it was that long. It was huge. must have weighed a half a pound. It was the biggest, prettiest potato. Didn't have a scratch on it. Didn't have a, a dent in it where a shovel hit it. Didn't even have an eye sprouting on it. I mean, it was a beautiful, ideal potato cut it open, and they had to throw it away. It was black through the inside. It was no good. We can dress ourselves up for the world, but if our inside is no good, we're not a good potato. If our inside is rotten, if our inside is black, if our inside is not living for God, we're not a good potato. And then I come across one. You, you all know the potato I'm looking at. It's kind of crooked, almost makes a 90-degree angle. It's got eyes in it everywhere. It's got a soft spot in the top. It's got shovel scrapes all over it. I got to peeling that potato, and it was the one that I cut my fingernail on. So I threw the potato in the water and got mad, and then I picked it back up and finished peeling the way humans do. And whenever I finished peeling, I peeled the the peeling off of it, and it was as pretty a white potato as you ever want to see. From the outside, it looked awful. From the outside, it looked terrible. From the outside, I almost threw it away without peeling it. But on the inside, it was a white potato. It was a clean potato. Men see what's on the outside. Men see how we dress ourselves up. And don't get me wrong. We're supposed to. We're supposed to dress ourselves up. We're supposed to have a good report with the world. We're supposed to allow the, the world to see Christ through us. And if we look awful on the outside, that's going to be difficult. But don't dress up on the outside and be rotten on the inside. As men, a lot of the responsibility for the home, for the family, for the church, fall on us. A lot of that responsibility to to, to lead and to guide fall on us. This is before we go to our wives for advice. A lot of the responsibility falls on us. Whenever it comes right down to it, we can pretend and and we can put on a facade and and we can dress it up and, and we can pretend nothing is happening. But at the end of the day, it's about what's on the inside. A church can look real. And there's a song about it. I'm almost positive. From the outside of the church, the steeple so high it reaches to the sky. You all know that song? I think you. The old country church song? They built the old country church and they tore the old country church down. Built the big new church way uptown. with the steeple so high it reaches to the sky, that church looked good from the outside. What happened on the inside? Pride has slipped in where love should have been. It don't matter what the outside looks like if the inside is rotten. It don't matter what, what the, the world thinks of our family if on the inside we are imploding. It don't, what, it don't matter what everybody else sees me as is dressed to a tee. Pressed jacket, iron pants, no baby stains on the shirt. It don't matter what the world sees if I'm rotten on the inside. God sees it all. Proverbs chapter number 15. Psalms, Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 15. I'm just going to read one verse that says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. He sees us whenever we close the door and ask for privacy. He sees us whenever we think malice in our heart. He sees us whenever we do wrong and we try to hide it. He sees us whenever we're trying to rotten ourselves on the inside. He sees us whenever we're dilapidating our relationship with Him. He sees us whenever we value the things of this world more than we value Him. He sees us whenever there's strife and envy and among us. Even if we dress ourselves up on the outside, He sees us for what we are. He sees us for who we are. The outside of potato can look as good as it wants to, but if our relationship is God with God is not in the right place, if our relationship with each other is not in the right place, if there are divisions among us, we've been studying on Wednesday night the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul said, I know I know there are divisions among you. I know for a fact there is strife and envies among you. Dissension in the church. He said, I know it. 100%. I know it. And this is the first thing that you have to fix. He said, from the outside, it don't matter what it looks like if it's falling apart on the inside. And it's the same way with our individual life. We can be dressed up. We can be pretty on the outside. But God sees it all. God sees what's on the inside. God sees what we really are. There's an old saying. There's a couple of them, but one is you never know the true character of a person until you mess with his pocketbook. (laughs) Then you know who a person really is. Or until you go into business with someone. Until it becomes working with money. Why Why does people's true character come out whenever it comes to that? That's where their heart is. That's where their desire is. And that is where black spots begin to appear in our potato. Whenever we desire the things of this world more than the things of God, that's when black spots begin to appear in our potato. God said He sees it all. flip over if you would to the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 1. of 1 Peter chapter number 1. Whenever you get to a bad spot in a potato, do you cut it up and throw it in the jar with the rest of your potatoes? Or do you cut it out? When you find a black spot, whenever you find a rotten spot, whenever you find that spot where that shovel hit, do you want to throw that in there with your hash browns? I don't want rotten potato in my hash browns. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 7. The Bible says, For the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. Though it be tried with fire, might find, but might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whenever God sees things in our life that don't belong, whenever He sees that, that, those, those spots in our life, whenever He sees those deformities, whenever He sees those problems, God will allow us an opportunity to cut those out. A lot of times we call them trials. We call them temptations. We call them troubles. We call them tragedy. Peter calls it a trial of our faith. We call it terrible and awful. God calls it purging us. Taking out the impurities. Does anybody in here not purge their crawfish? I know we at the tail end of crawfish season. But before you eat your crawfish, what do you do to, to, to purge them? Salt. What does salt do? chemistry lesson whenever you pour salt on something that salt absorbs the water it sucks the water out of whatever it is you dump it into so if you have a taking a uh, fun thing to do with your kids at home take and drop an egg in a, a cup of vinegar a couple of days it will dissolve the shell off the egg take and dump the vinegar out dump water in as you dump water in dump salt in that water and because that salt is in there, that water will flow through that membrane. And that water tries to escape that salt. Whenever you eat a lot of salt, what do you desire? Water. Because your body, the salt is taking the water from your body. So whenever you're purging those crawfish, you're taking the water out of them and they start, they start spitting. They start spitting up and people say that they're getting rid of the dirt that's in them. I don't know. I have no idea. I know that ice chest is a whole lot dirtier after you purge them than before but salt purges them it cleans them from the inside out to purge them is to clean them so whenever God tries to purge us for the trial of our faith he is trying to clean us from the inside out he is trying to help us he is trying to cut out the bad spot he is trying to make us I'm not going to say edible because that sounds wrong he's trying to make us better he's trying to make us a potato worthy to be canned worthy to be saved not, not to be thrown out Mark chapter 4, verse number 22, Jesus said, nothing shall be hid. Ecclesiastes 12 and 14 says, God will bring every work into judgment. Every one. Bar none. It's all going to be sealed. The, The peel is going to be pulled away. And are we a good potato or are we a bad potato? Flip over, if you would, to Matthew chapter number 13. This will be the last place that we had Matthew chapter number 13. This is a chapter absolutely full of parables by Jesus. And he tells one about the wheat and about the chaff. And he begins to explain it in verse number 37. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the seed, the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom and the tares are the children of the wicked one. And the enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. (laughs) This morning whenever I picked up a bunch of potatoes, the ones that were good I kept. The ones that were bad I threw out. Whenever it all comes down to the end of this world, whatever of, of our human potatoes are good, you get to go to heaven. And I'm not talking about living a life that's good. I'm talking about being saved. Those who have received Jesus Christ, those who have believed on Him as their Savior, unto salvation. As therefore the tares are gathered together and burns in the fire, the tares represent that which is not good that which is useless for fruit. And this morning, if your potatoes is rotten, if on the outside you look good, but on the inside you do not know Jesus Christ, let's continue reading. Verse number 42. Should cast them into a furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, it don't matter what your potato looks like on the outside. You can be the best dressed person in here. You can live the best life out there. But if you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart, if you have not yet believed on Him as your Savior, you're rotten on the inside. There's nothing there. There's, there's no fruit. There's no good. There's no anything. If you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart, you're going to be thrown out. When the judgment comes, whenever you exit this world, whether it be through Jesus Christ coming back, whether it be through death, whenever you exit this world, you will go to one of two eternal homes. If you believed on Jesus, you'll go to heaven. If you have not believed on Jesus, you'll go to hell. That is the only two options. There is none other. There's a statistic. I tried to find it. I couldn't find it anywhere You hunt it on Facebook, it'll be there. In homes that consist of a father, whenever the father is saved, whenever the father believes on Jesus, whenever the father goes to church, over 80% of the time, so do the kids, so does the mother. Whenever the mother is saved and the father is not, That statistic dropped below 50%. As a father, it's our job to be the spiritual leader of the house, and it cannot be that way. It cannot be that way if we are rotting on the inside. If we try to do it without Jesus Christ, if we try to do it by myself, I'm a very, very stubborn person. Yeah. Amen, right? I'm a very, very stubborn person. It's natural. I can't help it. If you're being very honest with yourself, chances are about half of us are stubborn people. The other half are women. <laughs> We're very stubborn people by nature. But whenever it comes to the things of God, there's, there's, there's no pushing against anything. I tried really hard to get hardy board put up on the side of my house this past week. I, I, it was leaking whenever it was raining. So before it started raining, I was trying to get hardy board put up. They weigh about 50 pounds. So, so I was shoving up on the ladder... Hang my nail gun on my, my belt loop, and then I'd go on up that ladder and get on up that piece of tin. I'd step on my toe board and get it put up, hammered up. I, I knew I needed some help, but I could do it myself. I could do it myself, and no problem. I got it. Th- that's our attitude, right? I got it. No problem. I got my first one nailed up, no problem. Got my second one nailed up, no problem. I head up the roof with my third one. My toe board has one nail in it, or one screw, right in the middle. So whenever you have an eight-foot board you have one screw in the middle, what happens if you step on one side of that board? I realized that whenever I hit the ground off the house. I needed help. I knew I needed help. I couldn't do it by myself. But I wanted to. I needed to. I, I, I could do it. I, I, just, I, I just had to have enough, enough gumption and stubbornness and ignorance to try And laying there on that ground looking up as my nail gun fell, I realized, I'll just wait. I can't do it by myself. We can't live a spiritual life by ourselves. We can't be a spiritual church by ourselves. We can't be a spiritual family by ourselves. We can't be a spiritual leader by ourselves. It don't matter how stubborn we want to be. It don't matter how much we read our Bible. We can't do it by ourselves. It takes Jesus. It takes Christ. In and of itself, a potato can do very, very little today. What's the first thing that attacks potatoes? Anybody? First thing to attack potatoes. I plant on Valentine's Day every year. It's my grandpa's birthday. That's the day that I plant potatoes. The first thing that wants to attack my potatoes is frost. Because I plant too early. So I go through there with my tractor and, and and I and I row it up. I throw dirt on top of them so the frost don't get them. Second thing that attacks potatoes, potato bugs. four types of potato bugs. This year my potatoes had all four types. It takes seven dust. Well that knocks them off for about two weeks, then what else? Then what attacks them? Potato bugs come back The seven dust washed off. So over and over you you have to have somebody to take care of those potatoes. Otherwise, they're not gonna make. Nothing's gonna happen. Jesus takes care of us throughout our entire life. If we'll let Him. If we'll walk that spiritual walk with Him. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I heard you, I beg you, I plead with you. <coughs> it don't matter what you look like on the outside. It, it don't matter what your skin looks like. It don't matter what your, your dress or, or pants or whatever looks like. It don't matter what your face looks like. Got to save anybody. Old, young, pretty, ugly. Got to save everybody. But it takes Jesus. You can't do it by yourself. You can't live a life that's good enough. We can't can't do it. There's going to be a separation one day and I hope and pray that every one of us can be on the same side of that. Whenever the harvest comes, whenever the angels come, there's a song and I'm not sure any of you know this one. It's called Son, Go Bring My Children Home. It's a beautiful song. And the song says it's time to reap the harvest we have sown. Son, go bring my children home. It's told from the perspective of God. And one day God is going to tell Jesus, Go. When that day comes, the harvest will be separated. The Bible talks about the sheep and the goats, the wheat and the chaff, the good and the bad. But it all comes down to the saved and the not saved. The believers and those who reject Jesus Christ. This morning, if you'll believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, You can be in the same place as me and a lot of others in this building. You can then be the spiritual leader in your home. You can then lead others in the direction of Jesus. You can then begin. You can then begin to be that spiritual leader, that spiritual father, that spiritual mother, that spiritual kid, that Christian that God calls us to be. It don't matter what's on the outside. It's all about what's on the inside. And this morning, what is on the inside of us? Well, we have a verse for song.